I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Marcy Carroll. Marcy is a psychotherapist who supports mums to boost their mindset and emotions and to find more ease, confidence and joy in their motherhood. During our chat, we discussed maternal mental health, the seismic change that is motherhood, and why Marcy is so passionate about helping other mothers to navigate this time in their life. Marcy, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thanks a million for having me, Sandra. I'm delighted to be here. So for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an insight into who you are and what you're all about? Okay, so uh, my name is Marcy Carroll. Um, I'm a mom of two uh, 10-year-old girl and an almost seven-year-old boy and I'm also a psychotherapist and um, a teacher on career break currently. Fantastic and why is it important for you to look after your own mental well-being? I know that you share a lot of content on Instagram about looking after yourself and looking after people looking after themselves and I suppose because of the line of work that you're in as well why is it important for you to help other people in minding themselves? Uh, okay, and um, so I'll, I suppose I'll start with, you know, you kind of touched on the, the, the line of work. Um, so I specialize in supporting moms, um, new moms, but really any moms who have found that transition into motherhood in any way challenging, um, as I did myself. And, you know, we can, we can go into that a bit more um, as, as we chat, but um, that that's kind of the background and, and where my passion comes from. Having been in that place myself where I found it's just so challenging and so overwhelming, I want to support other moms who are experiencing that as well. Fantastic. And I know that you recently changed your Instagram handle to Motherhood Matters. Um, and I suppose that really gets across exactly why you are passionate about this because you absolutely. really believe that motherhood matters and, and mothers matter exactly yeah absolutely so it just felt like a, a much better fit for for what I'm doing and and the support that I'm offering to moms so absolutely motherhood matters I know um like matters as in it, it's so so important and people say well yes of course it is but so many of the mothers that I speak to don't necessarily experience that that they don't feel fully valued fully recognized that the work that they're doing the you know the the ins and outs of, of what they're doing you know minute to minute day to day um what they're filling what their days are filled with that's not fully seen or heard or valued or recognized um and then the other meaning then in the in the name in the the word matters is everything to do with motherhood so everything is up for discussion there's so many parts that I think just aren't spoken about and that adds to the difficulty um so all matters in relation to motherhood are are open for discussion in in my page and when you talk to me fantastic and you touched on it there something that will really resonate with a lot of people I think who have become mothers is you found it overwhelming yourself and quite difficult that transition to becoming a mother and I, I know that myself I, I also found it quite difficult and I suppose there's there's a real feeling of your identity really changes when you become a mother and I suppose can you talk a little bit about I suppose your own experience but also how you help mothers with 
that identity piece because that is a very very big piece of the transition from you know yourself and, and your partner or whatever your situation was to suddenly there's this small human being that's dependent mm. fully dependent on you and you have to give so much of yourself to them yeah the, the, that identity shift and change and transition that's massive and I didn't know that and I think that that's where the overwhelm came from and that's why it was so difficult I just genuinely did not know that I knew that there was going to be a baby to take care of and everyone was all talking about that and all the books I had were about that and baby sleep babies you know feeding baby you know everything to do with baby babies you know groom so it was all about baby and I knew that I would be busy doing that but I did not know at all what it was going to do to me as as Marcy as as a person I didn't realize that the massive changes that I was going to go um through and it's it, particularly you know like on my first like I, I hadn't had kind of experience around babies or um not many of my friends had kind of gone through this and it was only after it was like probably quite a few years later that um, I came across the word matrescence and I, I always say, like, I, I just think it should be part of every um, prenatal preparation course that mothers would know that this is what is going to happen to you. And the, the process of matrescence is in parallel to adolescence. So if you think of an adolescent, a teenager, all the physical, mental, hormonal um, changes, how they see the world changes, how the world sees them change, changes as well. And they have years to do that. And that process takes years. Motherhood, matrescence, we're expected just to, um, you know, that this bounce back idea. Um, there is no going back. Like we we have changed. And I think just like just even to know that and to know that that's what's coming. Um, so that that's how I support mothers in normalizing that and Kind of in, in prenatal classes trying to prepare them for that scaring people either but just to know and then when mothers do find themselves in the middle of that to tell them it is absolutely normal there's nothing wrong with you and that's where I went with it and um, that was my inner critic had a field day I thought I must be doing this wrong everybody else looks like they're sailing through this there must be something wrong with me when I'm finding it so hard um, and I do like, hear like mothers do share that with me and, and you know confide in me about that and I will say have you spoken to anybody else about this and generally they haven't and so so that's the piece just to break that wide open so that mothers know it going into it so that society knows that we can better support our mothers and you touched on something there as well. Like there's an awful lot of preparation when you're pregnant for baby's arrival mm-hmm. or, you know, like you said, the feeding, the changing, the everything, everything to do with the baby. But there isn't actually much preparation for, for you for after, like after the baby comes, what is expected of you and your life, how your life changes. And I suppose it's... Obviously, it's very important that people are aware of what the baby needs, but there's not much done for the mother and what the mm. mother needs. And I spoke to to Shelley Mack when I um, mm. recorded a podcast with her and she highlighted on her Instagram quite recently about all of the checks that the, the child goes through in the first year. 
there's something like I don't know is it 11 official checks in yeah, the first year yeah. and there's one for the mother which yeah. is six weeks postpartum and a lot of the time that isn't even a full check for a lot of women you know some some women myself included you know have a fantastic GP and and go you know who goes through everything make sure that you are okay that you are supported and you know your recovery is going well and all the rest of it but that is the only check mm. and, you know it, it it's really not enough it's not enough because this you know as a mother as a woman you have gone through this seismic change in your life and it's just one tick the box thing really mm. um for Absolutely. a lot of people yeah yeah I mean I you know I hear stories like sometimes it doesn't even kind of go beyond and you're doing all right yourself you know and, and well, what, what do you do with that and where do you go from there um, and it, it, it's it's so like it, it's just so difficult to to say you know to put your hand up and to say actually I'm finding this hard Um, but like even you know when you were kind of talking there about all, all the, the care things for, for the babies like that's always my starting point with with the mothers and to you know even as a way in for them to help them to see and recognize how important their needs are as well so everything the baby needs a mom needs too you know so mothers are so protective over the baby's um you know feeding times making sure the baby's fed on time is fed enough is fed the right foods mom needs that too baby's sleep the baby's getting enough sleep the baby's getting enough rest the baby isn't being overstimulated mom needs that too you know that um she has a, a capacity limit as well um but but again you know we're, we're just not prepared for that and i like i know that there there would have been days that you know the, 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 in those early days like the effort to actually get up and prepare a meal was just too much and you know you know when like you hear in other cultures that how well cared for the mother is you know kind of for the first 40 days or you know kind of different amounts of time different cultures and um, where it's the community the village they're bringing the food they're taking care of the older children and um, that 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 mom's care is prioritized because she needs to be okay to take care of her baby um, so kind of that's always my starting point with the mom um, who's, who's finding things hard. Everything your baby needs, put yourself on that same list. And yes, of course, you know, make sure the baby's getting those things, but make sure you are too, or there's somebody in the background helping you to, to get those things that you need too. Absolutely. And it sounds so basic, you know, make make sure you're eating, make sure you're you're sleeping and all the rest of it. But when you're in the throes of that, mm -hmm. you know, especially newborn phase where everything is difficult, you know, nobody's sleeping properly. Um, the, you know, the wake windows they talk about, you know, that like I know my one of my children, like their wake windows was just nearly all of the time because yeah. <laughs> like she just she sleep for an hour and then she'd look for a feed and she might sleep for another hour or she might do the thing of she sleep during the day. And while you had to be doing other things with the other child or, or you know, whatever it is like that. And and it does, it's like, it sounds so basic. Just, you know, make sure you're eating. But a lot of the time you won't, like you're so sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. You're so, you're so tired. You're so stressed because you're in this situation that you have gone through this huge, enormous change. You're trying to find your feet as a mother, as, you know, and especially if you have, maybe older children as well you're finding trying to 
almost split yourself in two trying to give both children attention and and I suppose it's really it, it sounds really obvious that obviously we should all have these basic care or these basic things mm. but a lot of the time they're the first things that go that yeah, you know absolutely you know we don't have yeah. that shower because oh I had to I had to feed the child yeah. instead or I had to put and it down else, you know, first. yeah, yeah. And and it is that that way. And I know that an awful lot of people who have gone through that, you know, I suppose transition to motherhood will resonate with that because they are the things that, you know, you see these memes all the time on the Internet about, you know, joking about like sleep when the baby sleeps and all the rest mm. of it. Like, OK, I'll do the laundry when the baby does the laundry as well. And, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, I suppose it's it's good to to have a laugh about those things. But like you really do. You need that sleep. You need the ba- the very, very basic things in order to just function. And Absolutely, because yeah. you're you're trying to find your feet with this whole new identity. And how how can you do that if you're not even looking after the most basic of needs? Mm. And and this like the sleep deprivation is is just massive. Like you literally cannot think straight when you haven't slept properly, um, and you know it, it it's a form of torture. It's used as a form of sleep deprivation. It's used as a form of torture for a reason. Like it's just you you can't function. You can't think properly. So it's um a, a, as much as possible really drawing on whatever is available to you every offer that you're given yes please you know don't don't let yourself fall into the martyrs oh no I'm fine we're okay every offer or every sniff of an offer you absolutely take it and and use it to support yourself yeah and I I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and probably to do with the inner critic that you spoke Mm. about this thing of like oh no I can't I can't ask for help because people will you know you make you make the thought mean something I can't ask for help because I that will make me a bad mother or that will make me look I don't know weak or that will make me I still would be able to do this that sort of thing and it's really I suppose it's quite hard to overcome that inner critic and just go no actually I do need I do need rest or I I need to go for a shower. Would you just look, you know, watch the baby for 10 minutes or whatever and just taking the time for yourself? Because like if you don't look after yourself and you don't ask for the help, no one will know that you need the help. Mm -hmm. And like that then, you know, can very easily become a spiral. Absolutely. You know, of what you said, martyrdom, I suppose. Yeah. And and one way to, to, to help the inner critic along I suppose you know because what you don't want to get into you don't want to get into kind of an, an internal battle where you're fighting against the inner mm-hmm. critic because it's actually in a, in its own way it's actually there trying to help you it's trying to protect you and um, so what you want to help us by really recognizing all that you are doing you know some to kind of move away from that kind of that piece because you know that's a spiral of oh if I ask for help it shows that I you know I can't cope or I'm not doing this well or really focus on what you are doing and that you know that's really eye-opening like when you begin to notice you know the amount of things that you're doing how much work you actually are doing during the day and the things that are going well to really pay attention to those things and that actually supports you then in saying oh you know I've done this big long list of things it is okay if I take a five minute ten minute shower 
you know, so to kind of come at it from that angle, to support yourself in that way, to really recognize just how much you are doing. Absolutely. And I suppose we are our own biggest critics and, you know, it, it's quite difficult to get out of that. You know, negative bias is something that we all have inside in our own minds and it can run away with itself. But like what you said, if you can catch it and go, well, I've actually done all of this stuff today, mm. you know, and also it's no mean feat keeping, you know, keeping children fed and that they're rested and changed and all of those things, you know, that is a full time job in and of itself, especially when they're at newborn phase, because it is it's it's probably much more intense than a full-time job because actually it's around the clock it doesn't you you don't get to to clock off at five o'clock in the evening and go okay I'm done now Uh, there's no lunch hour there's no you know you know by yourself you know it's yeah yeah, it's full on especially those first I think three three or four months they're they're the Mm. really like it it is it's relentless it's that Mm. you know all-consuming thing and I think a lot of people don't recognize just how much you do as a mother. And I think, I think it's very powerful what you're doing in the sense that you are, you know, giving clarity to these mothers who might be struggling with, be it their identity, be it, you know, whatever matters, like you you said, you know, whatever matters come up in their motherhood journey, because a lot of people I don't, I think don't, have that validation of where yeah. you are doing so much and you are you know you're keeping these children alive you are you're literally keeping these children alive mm-hmm. um it's you know massive. yeah it's it's a huge undertaking but it's a huge pressure as well because I don't know about you but like especially with my first I felt so much internal pressure of you know to do the feeding to do the the, the kind of everything to to learn how to do all of these things and to grasp it and you know when you didn't grasp it maybe first time you're like why am I getting this yeah. and you can you can put so much pressure on yourself just inside your own head of like geez am I doing this wrong absolutely like it, it was the steepest learning curve I've ever been on you know it's and it's constantly changing you know like as, as the baby grows like even week to week you know there, there's something new and um, just the, the mental load of that and then again you know, as I said like if you haven't slept properly if you're not getting proper nutrition into yourself to um to, to support your brain as it tries to to navigate all of that it's it's huge Um, something you said there though as well like you know kind of the first three months and absolutely that 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 is such a steep learning curve I, I know I've also kind of had people say to me you know that people were there kind of initially like in, in the newborn stage but then an expectation then after that that oh well you know surely you know and I don't think anyone's actually ever saying this this harshly but the sense that you know you must have the hang of it by now and surely you know what you're doing by now or again the internal the inter- inner critic the feeling I should know this mm-hmm. by now but it's that piece of how it's just constantly changing um, all the developmental milestones and there's always something new to learn. Um, so I've had people say that, oh, actually, you know, there was loads of support around in the first few weeks, but now, you know, mm-hmm. three, four, five, six months in and then going back to work, I really feel so alone in it now. Um, so it's, it's, it's conversations like this that people kind of, you know, have the opportunity to hear and to know 
it is not just me. And I always say that to the moms that I speak to, like no matter what they say, none of it will ever come as a shock or is new. And there's, you know, somebody, somebody has experienced whatever it is that you're feeling. Guarantee that other people have been there as well. Absolutely. And I think it's very important to highlight that maternal mental health um, piece as well, because an awful lot of people do struggle. And unfortunately, the the highest rate of of death or or the the thing that causes the most death in the first 12 months after a baby has been born is suicide in the mothers. Mm. And and, you know, that when I read that statistic, I was shocked initially but then I remember thinking about it and going, you know, there, there are so many people that struggle and struggle in silence a lot of the time. And when you're when you're struggling with something and if you don't, I suppose, express that or talk to someone like yourself or to a GP or to whoever, it can be very, very quickly snowball inside mm-hmm. in your head of, you know, I'm struggling with this. Therefore, I am you know, a terrible mother or I am useless or I am whatever. And, you know, there is this, this, I suppose, stigma, unfortunately, attached saying that you're struggling. But also we know how important it is for people to talk because of because of these awful statistics that we see coming out. So I think like what the work that you're doing is definitely kind of bridging that gap between the stigma of people being afraid to talk and the absolute need for people to talk. Mm. And, you know, you're doing so in a safe environment. You're sharing things on, on Instagram that makes it very accessible for, for people as well. Yeah, the, the stigma, I think, is such a vicious circle as well, because it's the stigma itself that <clears throat> stops people from speaking up because um they're afraid, you know, will people think that I am, that I'm, re- you know, that I'm really bad and I'm this kind of, um, you know, it, it's the fear of the labels being put on them, the the judgments that could come with that. Um, you know, if I say that I'm finding it hard to cope with the day to day, are people going to say I have postnatal depression? Will my baby be taken from me? You know, the, these are, are the fears that the people have and that stop them then from speaking up. So it, it, it's a really, really hard one to unravel. And again, the only way to do it is to talk about it and to normalize. Um, if if you're finding things hard, it's it's that's not a reflection on you. It's hard because it is hard. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're X, Y, or Z. It means you need some support and you need some help with the very difficult thing that you're doing. Absolutely. And I think that without, without talking about it, we can make things, you know, make our thoughts mean something else inside Absolutely. our heads because yeah. your thoughts are not, they're not rational things. They'll go off on tangents. They'll, you know, the negative bias will get in there and it will automatically go down that pessimistic route. Whereas when you speak to someone, I suppose you have to then talk about it in a logical way because the other person will more than likely challenge you on these thoughts of, but are you a useless mother or, but are you a terrible person? Like, I don't think you are, or, you know, whatever it is, I don't think you're a terrible person because you're struggling, or I don't think you're a terrible mother because you're struggling because everyone struggles. 
and this is the thing it's it's like the worst kept secret in the world that you know everyone struggles with this thing but also then there's a stigma attached to people saying that they struggle yeah and, and that that piece there about your thoughts is so important we have sixty thousand thoughts a day they cannot possibly all be true you know and you you are not your thoughts and that's a huge part of the work that i do is to help people to detach from these stories that that come through their heads and to support them in choosing kinder more supportive um ways of speaking to themselves and and thoughts um and you know and, and another piece and again that this is part of kind of like a massive one that isn't spoken about um in relation to thoughts intrusive thoughts so there have been various studies done and some of them have shown that up to 70 percent of mothers can experience intrusive thoughts and that's a massive one that definitely mothers unfortunately go to the place of well there must how could i possibly have thought that you know whatever it might have been whatever thought might have come about the baby or about you know um about being a mother that those intrusive thoughts are, are so so common and people just don't know that so if they do experience them they go straight away to there must be something wrong with me i couldn't tell anybody this what would they think of me um but that's another one that i think really needs to be normalized that it is a thought it's not true thinking it does not mean that you're going to act on it it's again part of that and um, that protective mechanism it, it's your brain's way of trying to kind of you know get in there first almost to kind of to, just to protect you and your baby but it, it's terrifying when when they do come they are very very frightening but that's magnified by not speaking about it and um yeah that that sense that there must be something wrong with me i i nobody no other mother could possibly think this that is not true somebody once said to me thoughts are not fact and feelings mm. are not fiction mm. your your feelings are valid but not every thought that you have is actually true and that actually really helped me to kind of I suppose reframe it that you know not every thought that I have is you know absolutely true because it's something that I struggled with when I was dealing with my anxiety and panic attacks of you know I'm I'm, I'm terrible I'm not a good enough mother I'm not a good enough wife I'm not a good enough friend I'm not a good enough anything I wasn't good enough in anything inside my head but yeah. when when that was said to me I I, I don't know it, it kind of made me realize that actually just because I think these things it doesn't make them true yes absolutely but, and the other half of that that you said yeah. is, is so true as well the, yeah. the feelings aren't fiction because that's what we tend to do we suppress the feelings and we let the thoughts run riot Whereas actually our feelings are messengers, you know, if we can um, if, if we can sit with them and hear them and hear what's the message that my anxiety or that my anger or my frustration, you know, what's the message? And the underlying message is always an unmet need, you know, so it's tuning in to what, you know, what need isn't being met here and um, that that needs a little bit more care and attention. Absolutely. And I suppose that leads me on to, you know, when you are struggling or, or when you have a particular need that that needs a bit more attention, what is it that you call on to look after your own mental well-being and what does self-care look like in your life? 
Oh, um, well, I suppose the first bit is is that piece of tuning in, noticing it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I get caught off guard as well. I can be in it before I, I fully recognize it sometimes as well. Um, but I suppose over the years through tuning in and being you know, mindful, I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I think it's a massive part of self-care is to notice for yourself um, being mindful of your own triggers, kind of, you know, what are your flashpoints? And it's different for everyone. Um, what, what, are the, what are the areas that, you know, where, where you get triggered and um, find things difficult? And then what fills you up? What, what fills up your cup? So again, those things are different for everyone. Some people really thrive on having lots of people around and, and they need that. And um, that's their way of filling up. But for other people, they need the quiet, the alone time. They need you know, the time to kind of go into themselves and be by themselves. So it's noticing whatever that is for you and prioritizing that for yourself. Um, same with food, same with exercise, you know, any of those things, what works for you and kind of tuning into what foods make you feel good um, and, and listening to your body and that same with, I, I, I talk about movement more than exercise because again, I just think that exercise, the, the ton of pressure and expectation that comes with that, but whatever works for you in terms of moving your body, for me, it's running, it's running for me is, is a mental health thing. Um, much more to the physical thing it's, it's my reason to leave the house it's my excuse to get out um, you know it's um, something that's kind of supported here kind of within our family you know mammy needs her own and they all see it coming like nearly more quickly than I do like if I haven't been for a run for a few days they're all behind me to get out the door <laughs> they know I'll come back a different person and um, so that's a massive one for me but you know that's not for everyone for other people it might be a walk for a long time for me it was yoga as well I haven't done yoga in the last few months and I, I'm not sure what's going on there and um, but again, I'm just listening to my body and um, I've kind of moved a little bit more towards strength kind of work. As I get older, I can kind of feel that. I feel um, that my muscles need a bit more support. Um, so it's really tuning in to you, to your body, to your needs, what works for you. Um, I mentioned the mindfulness. I know some people find that fantastic. Other people find it hard to tune into you know don't beat yourself up for that if that's the case just because somebody else is doing it if you've tried and it's not for you try something else and um, I listen to podcasts I find that very helpful I love journaling and um, I know that's not for everyone but it really works for me and um, so it's having your own toolkit and prioritizing it and um, yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's something that's really come across in all the episodes that I've recorded so far is it's about recognizing what works for you because sometimes you'll try something and you're like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, this is not for me. Um, I'm absolutely not going to do it. And I know like it's been kind of eye opening in the sense that when I've been interviewing people, a lot of what comes up is very similar, but then there'll be something that's so different for someone mm. and that, that, you know, it might actually like repulse another person yeah, to like, yeah. you know, one thing I, that I use as the example there is getting into the sea. Oh, that's, you know, what you read my mind. I met two friends this morning heading off for sea, sea swim. They said, will you join us? 
And I said, applied, no thanks. But my head was like, I couldn't think of anything worse. I, I, it, it, it is just not <laughs> yeah. for me. And it's such a gorgeous day. And I did know, I was thinking, God, like if you're ever to do it today with the day, it's beautiful. My God, it's, you know, the, the beginning of September and we're just getting this completely unexpected, gorgeous blast of summer and sunshine. And I know it would have been beautiful down there. Not for me. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah. that's the thing, you know, it's come up on a number of podcasts that some people find it absolutely so beneficial. Other people have tried it and just gone, you know, it's not for me. And then other people, it's like, absolutely not. I couldn't dream of going near the, the sea. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it is really about figuring out what works for you. And, you know, at different times of your life, that'll mean different things as well. And it'll be because you know like what we were talking about you might be a brand new mother you might be able to go and get in the sea or you might Mm -hmm. be able to you know go for your run every day or or, you know you might physically not be able to go for a run yet because you might be just after having the baby or you might have had a section or you know whatever the, the case is and it's about figuring out I suppose what other tools you can pick you know that you have multiple tools in your toolbox and you don't just have one thing yeah and to not beat yourself up about the ones that you're not doing you know that if, if it if it works for somebody else and it doesn't work for you that's absolutely fine it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you and that's that's another like a, a mantra that I really kind of hold on to and, and share with moms I work with and um, so in relation to self-care in relation to every aspect of motherhood good for her not for me and you know that said with, with love and kindness and no judgment on either party it is working for her and that's great for her that is not for me and that is okay you know and to to really you know to be able to hold on to that and that's something that will come up regularly and constantly with nearly every decision you make because somebody else will always be doing something differently it doesn't mean that they're wrong it doesn't mean that you're wrong it's to really allow that good for her not for me take what works and leave the rest and that's okay absolutely and as well as that like you'll do different things at different seasons of your own life as well mm. you know what you did when you were 20 is not going to be the exact same thing mm. as what you're doing when you're 50 mm. but you know because life changes p- things happen in between there might you know you might have had kids you might have injuries illness um you know you might just have things going on that you're you know you can't get out for a run because you know life is busy or there's something going on at work or there's something going on at home or whatever and it's allowing yourself the compassion to go okay I can't go for a run today or I won't be able to go for a run for a few months because of injury or illness or whatever it might be and that's okay I'll you know I'll focus on something else instead while while that can't happen and it's it's about just being kind to yourself I think yeah and and that's the key that compassion piece that that's the biggest um, that's the biggest lesson that I have learned in motherhood. Um, it, it is, it's just the foundation for absolutely everything else. Just the compassion to be kind to yourself and not judge the thoughts that come and that recognition that it's not just me, that other people feel these things as well. And um, yeah, if, if, if there was just one tool or tip that I, I'd encourage people to look into and to try and develop it is self-compassion it's it's massive yeah it's something that was said to me actually in the six-week check after I had had my first child and um my GP said and what are you doing for yourself Mm. 
I was kind of like, what do you mean? What am I doing for myself? <laughs> I, I, I was totally like baffled by this. And he was like, no, you should be taking at least half an hour every day for yourself to look mm. after yourself. Mm. I remember thinking like, he's, he's a bit mad. And, mm. <laughs> you know, afterwards, it's something, it's something that I make sure I do now every day still. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't have newborns or anything like that. Um, but I think it really kind of instilled in me that I, I, I needed to look after myself. And because, that you matter, that you matter, yeah. you deserve that. Yeah. And because I realized as well that when I did do that, I was a much happier version of myself yes. and a, a much better, I suppose, better and kinder version of myself. Yeah. Um, Everyone has yeah exactly everyone because you're kinder to yourself and you're kinder to to everyone else around you because there it is this kind of circle as well when you are being kind to yourself you will be able to be more kind to other people um so so yeah I I think that's it's something that's kind of stuck with me um for over the last couple of years that you know the importance of that piece because I I realized it kind of in the hard way in the sense that when I did start looking after myself I real I noticed the change in myself but yeah. I remember at the time when he said that to me I was like what are you on about like and what, why why would I need to take half an hour for myself every yeah, day what, what yeah. are you talking about and, and that like that that was a massive red flag it just shows just mm. how far we can go into that spiral of of losing ourselves I mean mm. I, that, that that's certainly absolutely happened to me I, I just lost myself in um in, in taking care of my baby and of course she she needed that care but it wasn't serving her that I got lost in the middle of it mm-hmm. absolutely mm. and I think that's actually a lovely point at which to finish up our conversation mm-hmm. today just the importance for, for everyone to show themselves that bit more compassion so thank you so much marcy for joining me on the mind your mind podcast oh sandra thanks a million it's been a pleasure thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode of the mind your mind podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe rate review or follow it really does help with getting the podcast out there you can follow us on instagram at mind your mind pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.